Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from Chimpan A all the way down to Chimpan Z. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and this week, joining me in the monkey house is comedian and returning guest, it's Mr. Dave Warnicky. Good afternoon, evening, or possibly morning. Hello. I should check in with you. Is it Mr. Now, or are you still Master Dave Warnicky? Okay, we do have, we've got an update on the credit card situation for about 28 years. I was Master. Uh, on my MasterCard, and... You had a, a MasterCard new... from birth. That's... Yes, exactly. <laughs> on the day of birth. It's the most important thing you can get. And uh, Visa was spewing they didn't get the scoop. But I have a new card from the bank that says Mr. Wow. But the original card still says Master. So I've got two two uh, MasterCards now. Oh, so, so two aliases. I actually, even writing to the bank saying, Hi, I'm in my 30s now. Can I please be a Mister? They said, No worries. And they sent out another Master. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm a married man in my 30s. Please. <laughs> please, I need this. My wife is bullying me. <laughs> I can't get no respect. <laughs> and Dave, this week we're going to be doing live shows up in Brisbane. Is that correct? That is correct, or next week, depending on when you're listening to this. Or last week. Yeah. If you're listening <laughs> to right. it. Up. Or, you know, a year ago. This could, you know, whenever. That's right. We're talking about the 23rd and the 24th of September, 2022, just to be really clear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we're doing uh, two live podcasts. We're doing Dave's Book Cheat podcast first in, in the afternoon on that Saturday, and then uh, my new show, Who Knew It With Matt Stewart, which you would have all heard if you've been listening to recent episodes, including the live one with Nick Mason and Cass Page last year, or the one with Angus Gordon and Emma Holland more recently. Um, it's, a, it's a game show, which is a lot of fun. Dave will be a guest on it. And Such we'll have a fun a, show. Another local there. And we're also doing a um, stand-up show together that night. That's right. So the 23rd and the 24th, we're both doing a stand-up at 8.30. Come down, grab a beer, grab a chair, hopefully, and enjoy. Going to be a lot of fun. What is it? So is it Friday and Saturday or is it Saturday and Sunday? doesn't matter. You said the dates. 
I believe it is a Friday and a Saturday. 23rd being the Friday, 24th being the Saturday. And then you can, you can go from one to the other. You can see the Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock book sheet, 4.30 who knew it, have a drink break, have a meal break, come back, 8.30, see us do stand-up. Yeah, you can just hang it. We, we'll be hanging around the bar. You can catch up. We can uh, see what's going on in the footy and stuff. And the venue, of course, is the Good Chat Comedy Club, and you can get uh, tickets via our website, dogoonpod.com. You click live shows. Hope to see you there. So, Dave, this week we're talking about a show from your childhood. It passed me over somehow, but it's called Dexter's Laboratory or Laboratory. I'm trying to remember. Yes, I love the show growing up. I think I said Dexter's Laboratory at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like we say laboratory here and maybe other places say laboratory. Or laboratory. Am I that up? Laboratory. Yeah. yeah. There's a few options there, but most people I think were pretty cool and called it Dexter's Lab. Oh, Dexter's Lab. Fantastic. Even better. But uh, inside of Dexter's Lab, there was a show called Dial M for Monkey, and that ran a bunch of times through its run. So when, when did you get into Dexter? I reckon it was sort of um, late 90s. We had uh, Foxtel in Australia, which is like pay TV, where we had uh, Cartoon Network was one of the channels, and at the time, definitely one of my favorite channels. And on there, my two favorite shows were probably Powerpuff Girls, and Dexter's Laboratory. Right. And they're both kind of in the same... They're the same sort of illustration style. Similar vibe. Yes. Madcap. Would you call it madcap? It's a vibe? Um, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> no further questions. <laughs> yes, because I actually didn't know at the time. But looking into it, uh, looking at the wikipedia.org page for Dexter's Laboratory... Uh, it says, uh, the series is notable for helping launch the careers of animators. Craig McCracken is one of them. He created Powerpuff Girls. Ah. Seth MacFarlane, who created Family Guy. Oh, no kidding. Butch Hartman, who created The Fairly Odd Parents. So these are all big shows of that era. Right. That's huge. It's a real trailblazing show, but yeah, loved the Powerpuff Girls. Texas Lab was great. And then over on Nickelodeon at the same time, I was loving... Angry Beavers. Did you ever watch that? Man, love that too. No, I missed all those. I mean, I was watching, I'm sure I was watching cartoons at the time. It was 1996 is when it kicked off. Uh, but yeah, I didn't have Foxtel. I wasn't from the affluent East. I guess that's why. <laughs> Sorry, mate. So we didn't have these uh, these shows, unfortunately. But uh, I, I was watching things like Amazing with James Sherry. Oh, and, that, I uh, mean, that's great. That was fun. Oh, it was great TV. I mean, you got to find the keys, you got to go down the slide, you got to have a good time. And then they played Donkey Kong at the end. That game, that show had everything. So Bring good. it and back. Then, and then you'd win like a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas for your school. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I think occasionally set. you could win, maybe you could win a Super Nintendo or something like that. Oh, that or a Nintendo been... 64, maybe. The dream. Oh, great times. So how would you describe Dexter's Lab? So from my memory, and this watching rewatching this really was a trip down memory lane. Dexter, I think was he about ten years old or something, and he's like a, a very smart, very nerdy, but also very evil child who, unbeknownst to his parents, has this incredible secret laboratory where he designs weapons and the like. He's a boy genius essentially, and his parents have no idea about that. And then it's basically their mum and dad or mom and dad on the show. And then the only the other main character is his sister Dee Dee who's like his enemy, but she's just 
this lovely sort of happy-go-lucky girl who just she he's trying to uh, lock her out of the lab at all times, but she's like la 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 la. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a, the juxtaposition, Matthew, between Dexter and Dee Dee is quite funny. It's fun. It sounds so much like a show that must have come years later. Uh, I feel like it must have inspired it quite a bit. This show called Phineas and Ferb, which I discovered on a Bucks weekend um, <laughs> yes. a while back, when uh, we we sort of partied through the night and w- went back to one of the rooms and we're watching, you know, real Bucks party stuff. Watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Watch cartoons. There was a. We were watching a replay of an old footy game and then um, the cartoons came on and this show called Phineas and Ferb, which is about two brothers who were boy geniuses and they invent stuff. Every episode they invent a huge thing. Their enemy is their sister, who's not very nice. She's more mean, but she's always trying to uncover their plots. Uh, And then the equivalent of the monkey, there's this platypus called Perry, who is like a secret... Um, agent and who reports to this old gray-haired mustache man just the same as monkey i'm like i'm I'm wondering Uh if it's it's almost like it's a reboot i should have looked into it (laughs) well i'm looking up the the creator one of the creators of finished and firm now dan povenmeyer and it says that he was involved in lots of animated shows in the 90s and 2000s like hey arnold the simpsons rocco's modern life that was another one of my absolute favorites oh yeah that yeah i love rocco's but he was also a long-time director on family guy and he left that to start phineas and ferb so they Ah. are all in the same sort of universe or same world it feels like dexter's lab was the same as that clash gig where everyone who went to it formed a band yeah (laughs) that's right only this many people went but everyone who went there formed a band it, I mean, it was really fun. And, yeah, it's amazing how many shows it spawned. But that makes sense that he was connected back to it because it feels like it's almost the same show. They've just reinvented it a little bit. Totally. When you lay it out like that. And then so the creator of Dexter's Lab, uh, Jendi Tartakovsky, also created Samurai Jack, which is another big show of the early 2000s. Ah. I remember Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> just a bit of fun um so th- this topic has been suggested by a couple of people by caleb clauser from ashland in illinois in america and melissa pizarski from nashville tennessee also in the u.s it feels like it would have been a bigger show in the u.s maybe it was it pretty big here as well uh i seem to think yeah in my, in my primary school playground people seem to know it like it right oh cool um caleb said so when I rarely go to this list and I should do it more often, but there's a, there'll be a link in the show notes where you can suggest topics if you want, uh, which is what Caleb and Melissa did. And there's also a little section to say, why do you think this is a, would be a good topic for an episode? And Caleb wrote, monkey is a really fun character, supposedly having a double life as a lab monkey and a superhero that works with a secret organization to save the world on multiple occasions. It has the great humor of Dexter's Lab, and the episodes I've listed have characters that parallel the Avengers in hilarious ways. They also have an allegory for Macho Man Randy Savage and Charlton Heston that are pricelessly spot on. They weren't in this episode, unfortunately. No, (laughs) they um, weren't, but I love that kind of stuff where 
as a kid, I'm not getting any of that. I don't know who Charlton Heston is, but yes. the animators do, and they find it fun just to put it in there for them. So we we chose this episode in particular. Uh, this episode is called Huntor. We just recorded a book cheat. The book cheat episode, Dave, was about... The most dangerous game, which is uh, often listed as the most famous short story ever written in English by Richard Connell. It's been adapted into over 20 different movies and uh, influenced a lot of popular culture. Been on The Simpsons, Family Guy, all that sort of stuff. But it's also the basis for Dial in for Monkey, this episode. So you should, yeah, if you want, maybe even pause now, go listen to that episode because we just recorded it. And I'll potentially give you a little bit more context for this episode, although I don't think it's probably not necessary. Hey, but if <laughs> but, you're a completist, yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the Dial M for Monkey uh, series, there's a bunch of episodes, but this one in particular is about the, um, the most dangerous game or directly references it. But I thought maybe I'll, I'll read a bit about Dial M for Monkey Um the broader show, inside a show. I love a yep. show inside a show as well. Yeah. It's like itchy and scratchy inside The Simpsons. Um, so this is from DexterSlab.fandom.com. Wow. The open, it says the opening narration for Dial in for Monkey on each episode says, After countless experiments, all testing proves negative. No enhanced abilities, no physical mutations, no nothing. It seems you shall never become anything more than a mere monkey. So this Dexter's tried to yeah. <laughs> try to enhance this monkey. But whatever he does, as far as he knows... It's just a regular monkey. So he's, he's disappointed, but the monkey lives a double life from Dexter. So the article continues, Dial in for Monkey is a segment of Dexter's lab starring Dexter's pet lab monkey, whose name is Monkey, who has superpowers and fights crime with his lovely partner, Agent Honeydew. And the Commander General, who's that mustache man? Oh, yes. Is, it, all, it feels like directly referenced by the Phineas and Ferb secret agency boss. Mm, interesting. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Because one of them, I, I assume, because in this one he wears an eye patch. And I'm like, I think the Phineas and Ferb guy does too. So I looked it up and he doesn't. I just, oh. I just Mandela affected myself, I think. Uh, Dexter wants his pet monkey to have some sort of strange thing about him. But he never finds anything. But whenever Dexter isn't looking, Monkey turns into a superpowered monkey named Monkey <laughs> who fights crime and evil whenever all of the other forces have been beaten. Although Monkey is part of his own segment, he's been seen in the Dexter's Lab segment also multiple times. Uh, and the segment name, Dave, do you know what it's referencing? Dial M for Monkey? Um, it's referencing the 1954... Is it Dial M for Murder? Thriller. Dial M for murder. There you That's go. I hadn't right. really thought about that. And then also, this, uh, the Troy McClure joke, He was. you might remember me from such movies as Dial M for murderousness. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, according to this uh, fandom as well, it says uh, it's also a spoof of DC Comics book Dial H for Hero. Oh, so, there you go. Which but- I'm guessing is a reference to Dial M for murder. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so for the most part, Monkey's true identity is unknown, but in another episode, last but not beast, Dexter does figure out who Monkey is, but his memories are soon erased. Ah. Love that. I love I love how a cartoon can these sort of cartoons 
very easily find ways to reset to the status quo at the end. Yeah, that's right. For next time. Um, but yeah, that like that, that all that explanation is exactly the same as Perry the Platypus. Who? <laughs> next time I have you on, Dave, we got to watch an episode. I, I've hardly seen it since. I've, I looked it up a few times afterwards. It became a bit Perry the Platypus obsessed. Me and my friend Adam, we would uh, we do the Perry the Platypus uh, look, which is sort of like the like uh, nothing to see here, side to side look. Very good stuff. <laughs> we were off our chops, let's be honest. But um, <laughs> how many days of drinking by this point? I think it was on the fifth. That was the fifth morning. Which Can't Bucks believe... party shouldn't go that long. That's too long for a Bucks party, man. Your box party was a beautiful length, half a day. That's, That's how long they should go for. That's all it needs to be. And we still managed to fit in a gig and met a wiggle. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Is there something about box parties where grown men go back to childhood? We're watching Phineas and Ferb, we're meeting a wiggle. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh all right, so let's talk about the episode in question, which is Huntor. So it's in season one, I believe it's episode six B. Uh, in the if you're trying to find it, which I found it very hard to do because it's not available legitimately in Australia. No streaming, no streaming service. Yeah, interesting. Isn't it? It. So yeah, I had to go down the labyrinth in the dark web, <laughs> the dark cartoon web. Oh dear. Yeah. So it's the it's the so the episodes seem to be split up into three parts. Is that how it always was, Dave? Yeah, and I think it was, was like, like little episodic sort of mini cartoons. Yeah, and they build out to the TV half hour. They're all about seven minutes each, and they throw in a couple of ad breaks, you know, to pay the piper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this was episode 6B, the middle episode, and that's that's the sweet spot, I think. Six episodes into a season, right in the middle, that's where you want it. Yeah, that's where you, you put your best stuff, your peak. That's where you put your best stuff. <laughs> You don't leave it languishing, you know, first up on episode one. No, people forget it by the end of the season. Or if you yeah. leave it to the end, you might get cancelled by then. So you've got to get it exactly. out. Exactly. So you bury it yeah. visibly in episode 6B. 6B. Uh, so this aired originally on June the 2nd, 1996. That is... Uh, I didn't get to the show till, yeah, to the late... No, a few years after that. So I didn't realise it, it went back that far. Yeah, Phil. I mean, you can sort of tell by the... The animation quality does seem pretty old school. I mean, you were on the dark web, so <laughs> that's true. It was a bit blurry. That's that's a good point. But it, it was, um, it's still that it's sort of that classic style in a lot of those cartoons. But it was just a little bit fuzzier. But maybe you're right. Maybe that's because <laughs> I was watching a dodgy version of it. Uh, in this episode, Monkey comes face to face with Hunter, an extraterrestrial hunter. So I think all of Monkey's adversaries. Their names end in O-R, so that's why it's Hunter, not Hunter. He must save both Agent Honeydew and the Commander Chief before time runs out, as both of their lives are on the line. The story begins in Dexter's lab. Dave, if you see any parallels to The Most Dangerous Game, feel free to point them out. Absolutely. It also starts in Dexter's lab, so there's one for one. (laughs) The story begins in Dexter's lab, where three alien bounty hunters beam in. Now, in the, in the classic version of the story, I don't think there's any aliens involved. No, no aliens, nor bounty hunters. I like how the hunter in this has got a, a bad Australian accent, which is pretty fun. 
Oh yes, that was great. I wonder who did, does it say there on the thing who did that because it was it wasn't too bad for some. Oh yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty good. I say bad. I say bad in a way I loved. Yes, I love it. Like so over the top, Ridgy did. Yeah. Oh, get back here. Yeah. Here we go. No worries. All right. <laughs> I've got you right oh. in my sights. <laughs> yeah, Drongo. Uh, one of the hunters tells the other two their target is close, and all three move in. The hunters take aim at Monkey's cage, only to see Dee Dee, who's the sister you're talking about, Dave, sort of like yes. just in her own world. She's always skipping around, humming yep, to herself. That's, that's constantly what she's like. Is that classic Dee Dee? Classic Dee Dee. Uh, they see Dee Dee hanging upside down on Monkey's swing, swinging back and forth. This was a bit of fun. She greets the aliens who tell her they're looking for a monkey, to which she replies that she is a monkey and makes monkey noises. (laughs) Hunters number one and three are confused, and then hunter two face palms. He's the smart alien hunter. Yep. Uh, Hunter one, love these names, hunter one then tries a different approach. Since Dee Dee is pretending to be a monkey, they surmise that monkey must be a little girl. Yep. <laughs> when Hunter One asks where they might find a little girl, DD points to Monkey, who's drinking right out of the spout of a teapot, dressed in a as a little it's dressed in like baby clothes or something. Yeah, like a tutu or something. Uh yeah, I, I think of baby clothes as tutus. <laughs> Babies, they're ballerinas, right? Same yeah, thing? All of them. Well they should be if they want to make it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're leaving it too late, toddlers. <laughs> Give up now. You had to do this as a baby. Uh, the hunters open fire and Monkey tries his best to fight back only to be captured. The hunters are then beamed aboard their ship and fly to an asteroid where Monkey is taken to a trophy room. Now this is sounding trophy room, heads on the walls. This is Yes, now we're talking most dangerous game because in the short story I told you about, it's about a guy who washes up, washes, <laughs> sounds like Sean Connery washing up, <laughs> Doing the dishes. Yes, I will do the dishes. Um, a sound, sound like Steve Coogan doing the dishes. <laughs> now, in this, it's a, a sailor washes up on the shores of a mysterious island, and then he meets the only person on the island, a guy who invites him in, and then they have dinner together, surrounded by the heads of animals that they've that he's hunted. Exactly. So that's very similar. So Monkey looks around, and when he looks at the trophy of a lion alien's head, it greets him. This is Huntor. Monkey is shocked until the lion alien pushes the walls and shows his head is still attached to his body and says, Hi, I'm, hi, I'm Hunter. And now he says, God, I am Hunter. <laughs> uh, he explains that he lives for the hunt, and while he has successfully hunted many creatures... Many, a lot of them are heads on the wall, as as we can see. Uh, none are more thrilling than the mighty hero. And since Monkey is the mightiest hero, he decides to hunt him. Even going so far as to have a special trophy base reserved for him. So there's already the base on the wall, says Monkey's head or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so this is this is directly from the dangerous game, isn't it? He's like, he wants a real challenge. Yeah, that's right. He, the the mysterious man tells the the sailor or the who's also a hunter, man, I've travelled all the world, and I, but like I'm just bored of hunting. Animals just aren't smart enough. So I've come to this island, and now I hunt the only thing that is a real challenge. And it turns out he hunts 
Humans. Humans. And monkey superheroes to aliens are basically humans. Yes. Uh, when he asks Monkey if he's ready to be hunted, Monkey refuses to go along with it until Hunter pulls a curtain tassel revealing on the other side Agent Honeydew and Commander tied over a tank of predatory fish aliens and is told to either be hunted or have his friends meet a grisly end. With no choice, Monkey agrees and Huntor gives Monkey a five-second head start. That's a little shorter than what they do in the book. That's right. It's three hours in the book, but uh, five seconds. For a monkey, three hours, that's a long time. Yeah, you were saying in the book that they were sort of keeping everything brief, just skipping ahead, but uh, I think Dexter goes even further. They take it to the next level, don't they, with seven minutes. All right, we've got to get this going. I also love how everything is, uh, you can, they have everything we've got. Fish, but they're fish aliens. Lions, but they're lion aliens. (laughs) Very good. The hunt begins with Monkey against Huntor and his arsenal of weapons, including a heat-seeking moisture missile to extinguish Monkey's heat vision, an amphilophaser to absorb Monkey's sonic sound attack, amplify it and redirect it. So this is right off the bat. Monkey tries to use all his powers, but Huntor, he's ready. He's prepared, isn't he? Mm. He knows... All of Monkey's powers, and he's got a weapon for all of them. Uh, he also has a force field designed specifically to use the exact opposite frequency of Monkey's energy field and a negative ion blaster to depower Monkey's energy field and eat away at the source of his power, leaving him powerless. <gasps> no. Which is the worst amount of power to have. Uh, and obviously, I agree. And then he said, This makes you susceptible to lead bullets. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, At this point, all Monkey can do is fly away, but Hunter tracks him down with his Monkey Emission Sensor until he loses the signal after Monkey powers down and hides under a tree with exposed roots. And this is another direct reference. He hides in a tree, much like in the book. Absolutely, you're right. Uh Monkey soon realised that in order to beat Hunter, he can't rely on his powers rather than primal elements. First, he sheds his costume. Next, he manages to set up various traps and even grab a mouse alien. (laughs) In brackets. Is that in brackets, alien? (laughs) It should be in brackets. (laughs) Uh, So so this this again is straight from the book. Yes, absolutely, because he's got to like... He decide, at first in the book, he's like, I'll just run away and hide. And then he's like, that's not going to work. I've got to change my tactic here. I've got to set some traps. Yes. Yes. The hunted has to become the hunter. <gasps> oh, uh. uh. With his preparations complete, Monkey dawns some juice. I'm trying to... There's so many spelling mistakes in this. So I'm trying to correct them <laughs> as I go, but I failed there. Monkey downs some juice and fruit and applies it to his skin like fruit? war paint. No. What are we meant to expect? That this is some earth fruit <laughs> on another planet? What's going on? What's going on here? If you're going to say alien after everything else, you got to <laughs> do it here as well. Let's be consistent. Uh, how, how are you feeling about it so far? Yeah, no, it's great. And I love that little montage where he he becomes like a, you know, a normal monkey. Yeah, He goes primal. Yeah. Puts the war paint on. He's like, like a normal monkey. 
Yes, exactly. Like every monkey you've ever seen. Not an alien monkey, a regular monkey. Regular monkey. No one, no lab has done anything to this monkey. No. <laughs> monkey howls in order to lure out Hunter, who manages to find him. Hunter pulls out two big guns and Monkey counters by throwing a coconut into the barrel of one of the guns, destroying <laughs> it, and a papaya-like fruit, alien papaya, I assume. Alien papaya. Uh, throws that in the barrel of the other gun, shorting it out. So this is, now he's, he's not using his superpowers. He's using his normal monkey brain. That's right. To throw fruits into the barrels of guns. And as we all know, if you can't use your, like, amazing abilities, all you have to do is throw a coconut because he won't know what to do with it. Exactly. (laughs) Just as Hunter is about to pull out his next gun, Monkey throws the mouse alien on the ground. And they haven't mentioned this yet, but Hunter's getting around on an elephant bracket alien. An alien. Did you notice the alien elephant's tusks? They're like, how do we make this... Elephant and alien. The things that I noticed were it had extra legs. Oh, okay. I think it maybe had Didn't six legs that. instead of four. Is that not re- regular? No, that's that's not regular okay. elephant. Uh, and it also the tusks were backwards. You know, they they were going out toward the dull end instead of going out oh. to a point. If you know what I mean. Right. Yes. So they're coming out of the elephant in a point, going out to the blunt end. Gotcha. They do things a little differently up there. Well, they are aliens. So, so Monkey throws out a, ma- a mouse alien onto the ground, and that scares the elephant alien, which throws Hunter and his weapons off his back. Isn't it so lucky that elephant aliens are also afraid of mouse aliens? Like, Thank goodness for that. In Earth cartoons where... I don't know, is that a true thing about elephants? Are they afraid of mice? I think it can freak them out. Because in, in cartoons, that is definitely a thing. Hmm. It's a bit of a, a stock standard maneuver in a in a cartoon. Yeah, I was surprised that no one slipped on a banana skin. <laughs> yeah, I mean the monkey's right there. Come on, would have thought that was one of his. You know, if he was going to go back to his primal ways, you would have thought yeah. the monkey would use the old banana skin. That's bad writing. They missed that. So, so the mouse alien scares the elephant alien. Uh, <laughs> monkey laughs and runs. That's classic monkey. Would he often laugh and run in your oh, memory? Yeah, every time. I know we're going back 20 years, but can you remember? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hunter is furious and pulls out his biggest gun. I, why didn't he start with this? You know, Because <laughs> well, he likes a challenge. Oh, he likes the challenge. It's a last resort. I'll use my cheating gun. Yep. <laughs> uh, so he pulls out his biggest gun and chases after him, only to have his gun be caught between two tree battering rams and destroyed. Another reference to the book. That's right. There's the Malayan Man Catcher. Yeah, which I think that was incorrectly titled, that trap in the book. Surely it's the Malayan Man Crusher. Yeah, or just like the nasty tree. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Tree, no need to be so nasty, please. That's very rude. Apologize now. We've got some visitors to our neck of the woods, and you're doing this? Very disappointing. I don't think they'll <laughs> want to come back. <laughs> so Hunter then leaps to grab Monkey, only for him to run at the last second and have Hunter get caught in a noose trap by his ankles, which catapults him 
<laughs> and has his head collide with tree branches, dazes him, and he falls into Monkey's pit trap, uh, which is full of spikes. But he seems to be able to avoid it, all those um, sharpened sticks. But there is a pit full of sharpened sticks in the original story, is too. Is there really? So there's a heap of references here. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, and is there also uh, some bitey eels at the bottom who who bite his butt? Yes. Wow. Of course. Because that that's how that's how it that's how he gets done in the end. He hangs onto one of the last spiky sticks, but unfortunately, his butt is right there. His alien lion butt is right <laughs> within biting range of these alien eels who bite him on the butt, making him. And I love this cartoon reality. Whereas if you get hurt, you just fling yourself into the air, miles into the air. Yeah. The pain. I'd be, but I'd be doing that all the time. Like I'd like bang my leg in the kitchen or something. And I'd be flying <laughs> through the roof. Land, you'll land on, an, on a neighbor's kitchen table. Sorry, I just banged my leg. <laughs> so he, he, he leaps from with the pain and lands all the way back in his manor home. Back in costume, Monkey is about to punch Hunter until the latter pushes a button on his belt, activate, activating the asteroid's self-destruct button giving Monkey 30 seconds to save his friends, which seems like a wild move from Huntor. Yeah. But he's like, if I'm not going to win, no one can win. Yeah. It feels like a borderline bad sportsmanship. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe alien sportsmanship's different, so I shouldn't judge. Uh, so Monkey decides to do that. He saves his friends, obviously. And as Monkey leaves, Hunter makes a run for his escape ship only for Monkey to catch him at the last second with his tail and fly off with Honeydew, the commander, and the elephant alien in tow, dropping off Hunter on a planet where he is ironically hunted by giant redneck-looking aliens. So the hunter became the hunted. Yes. Just like in the story. Yeah. Remember that bit? Do you remember that bit? It was only seven minutes long. How did I lose? Yeah, it was at the end. There was just these, I, I, you know, to be honest, I didn't think redneck in my mind. I just thought, oh, there's two giant right. angry looking aliens. And they immediately get him. Yeah, a bit of fun. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So um, they give a few cultural references here on this uh, fandom, which is not true. It says this episode is a parody of the 1987 movie Predator. It's clearly, it's clearly oh. a, all those references, I haven't seen Predator, so maybe, is Predator also a reference? I have seen Predator, but... Because he's an alien, a hunting alien, I guess, is, is what they're going off. Uh, yeah, well, they love, they, I mean, it's hunting aliens, that's, that's about it. There is, um, after this came out, about 10 years ago, there's a, a rebooted Predator where Adrian Brody and a bunch of other people are taken to a planet that's... Basically, a predator hunting ground where they get 
all different uh, alien species and it's th- th- right. you know for fun the predators hunt them so that but that's more like yeah. the most dangerous game yeah no i, I think that's a bit of a bum steer it also says the character of hunter and his elephant alien can be seen again in samurai jack in an episode called mad jack oh great so that's the, the one that was created by the same guy ah uh, right that makes sense yeah it's hard to come up with new ideas yeah You've got a great character like that. Yeah. It would feel like a waste to just lose it. And the last one here is one of the stuffed heads Hunter owns bears a big resemblance to Wolverine from Marvel's X-Men comics. Oh. Didn't notice that. Me either. I I love this. They've got one point for production notes. Production notes. According to the credits, this episode was produced in 1996. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's. We need to fill something. We need to write something down here. Yeah. Uh, this is an episode of a cartoon. Um, cartoons are sort of like a hand-drawn picture, only it moves. And maybe it isn't drawn by hand. Wow. I'm glad someone wrote that down. Uh, there's only one comment on this, which was only from a couple of months ago, from someone called Mr. Ayo Nico. Writing, Hunter kind of reminds me of Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. Oh, okay. Hunter reminded me of Grug. Do you see that at all? As in like, like the cartoon Grug? Yeah, Grug the book. Oh, maybe. Just, like, just his head looked like Grug. Yeah. I mean, I'm bringing up an image. Yes, I can see it. I absolutely can see it. I'm like, they've ripped off Grug here. <laughs> And then Hunter is nothing but a grug ripoff. And then rip Phineas off. and Ferb ripped them off. It's all just one big ripoff. Yeah, there's no new ideas. Uh, yeah, I I enjoyed. It. I loved. I loved that it was seven minutes long. Thought that was fantastic. Yes, it's it's um, yeah, a lot happens though in the seven minutes, doesn't it? it takes us long. That's the, the joy of cartoons is you can get through so much so quickly. Yes. And, um, yeah, what, what did you think of it? As if you were going to give it a score, the scoring system we do here is uh, how many bananas? Like, how full is your bunch? Everyone, well, firstly, when you go to the supermarket, how, how many bananas do you buy? I usually would get four at a time. Okay, so your, your full bunch is four. Yeah. How many out of four do you give this episode? I reckon I'm at the supermarket and I've just picked up three and there's also a half one, and I've gone, yeah, I'll take it. Three and a half. Take the half bar. <laughs> I'll take that half banana. Which is, people always do that. Yeah. And how ripe are they? Uh, perfectly. Perfectly ripe. Fantastic. That's a great score. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really the enjoyed best it. score that anyone's ever given. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I have no memory, but um, that's, that's fantastic. I think it's very close to me. My full... A uh, bunch is seven, and I'm going to give this uh, five and a half. I never even thought we could give half bananas, but today all that changes. Yeah, absolutely. Five and a half. Uh, You're willing to eat it? Uh, just a little bit of green left, but almost perfectly ripened. You know, or just probably a day or so off. Nice. Slightly. Yeah, because you're not going to eat all, all five and a half on day yeah, one. Exa- exactly. Give yourself you a need time. a little green on them. Uh so if people have any questions or anything like that for our guests or for me, it can be about the show, it could be about primates in general or whatever you like, really, um, there's, a, there's a link below for you to click on. Uh, but there's also if you suggest a topic, there's also a section where you can ask a question for the guests as well. And Melissa Pisarski, who suggested this topic from, uh, from Nashville, she asks, 
Would you rather maintain your opposable thumbs or gain the use of an extremely dexterous tail? Dexterous. So she's got dexter on the on the brain. Oh, that's I good. But in that that scenario, does that mean the thumbs become like a finger? Yeah, I guess so. And then you have the tail. Yeah, so you're sort of subbing out two thumbs for one tail. I think I'm going to say thumbs. Yeah. It's a boring answer, isn't it? But like I know it what I've got there answer. and I like it. Yeah, you're taking you're you're taking the cash, you're not taking what's in the box. Yep. If this was a game show, <laughs> which it is. You're taking what you know. Yes. Uh yeah, if I was giving a serious answer, I would say that, but just for fun, I'll say obviously I'll take the tail. Of course you would. Yes. You'd be a fool not to. You can, like, the, if if I understand this correctly, and most of this has been learnt from cartoons, but even while you're sleeping, your tail can get things done. You know, it could be turning the pages of a book. Ah, uh-huh, okay. I don't know who's reading it <laughs> in that scenario, but, um, you yeah, know, maybe it could be pre- prepping your clothes for the next day at work, ironing your clothes. Not that I've done that for a long, long time, but <laughs> when was the last time you ironed something to wear? I reckon mine was probably your wedding day. I think I tried really? ironing a shirt. Um, yeah, it's question without notice. Yeah, <laughs> but with the, with the the tail, I'd also be concerned that it would would limit your garments, wouldn't it? Or you'd have to customize your pants. Oh, that's right. You know, I suppose a skirt would be, but what about underwear? That'd be difficult, depending on how high up on your your back or butt it is. I think that yeah. there'd be a bit to you'd contend to, with. You know, like a lot of. A lot of boxer jocks come with a sort of access hole out the front. <laughs> yes. You just have to, yeah, you could either swing that around, but then, you know, there's, you know, the, the setup's all wrong. You got the ratio all wrong support-wise. You're right. For your nads. I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. If, yeah, what kind of support you're, you're requiring. Um, but yeah, you're right. That does create a lot of issues i mean you could just cut a hole in it i guess in the back yeah i think you'd have to do that with every one of your your lower yeah elements. you're right i mean you're, you're sending me back towards oh but you know you know who could do it your tail while you're sleeping ah right yes you're you right know, it, it could be just correct and it would know exactly how how big the hole you're needs right because be. a tail never sleeps that's right <laughs> always got one one eye open the old tail um, that was a fantastic question. Uh, thank you so much, Melissa. This one, the occasionally ones come through that have nothing to do with anything. And um, here's one of those. It's a fact. Mm, so you people can send through a fact as well if they want. Uh, and this fact comes from Rory M. Spence in Glasgow. And Rory tells us, the first person to be charged with speeding was going eight miles per hour. <laughs> Great fact. That's a great fact. I wonder what the limit was. Six? Yeah. Isn't that wild? You would have thought when cars couldn't go that fast that there wouldn't even be, they wouldn't even have a need for um, a speed limit. Surely you can run that fast. Oh, good point. Can you? Oh, of course I can. Eight miles an hour. How many Ks is it? I just looked it up. It's 12.8 K an hour. Yeah, and that yeah, that isn't that fast, is it? No, I think Usain Bolt can peak at like thirty-five or something. Twelve point, yeah, and I can I can run ten k's in under fifty minutes, so that means I can 
run about that, right? No, Usain Bolt's top speed is 44 kilometers per hour. Whoa, he'd be in big trouble if he went back to whenever that was. Oh, my goodness, yeah. (laughs) And the other thing we like to do, Dave, so anyone can send through a question or whatever if they click on that link below. The other thing we like to do is if anyone gives us a five-star review, uh, I'll read it out, whatever it says. Okay. And uh, we did have one during the week. Um, So let me read it out. And uh, I think they'd really taken the piss on the fact that I said I'd read out whatever it is. <laughs> so this one comes from Sapface15 uh, in Great Britain, uh, giving the show five stars, uh, aka four bananas, which means five stars, and just right ripeness. And Sapface writes, it's a pod about prime numbers from 2 to 97, which include 2, 3, 5, <laughs> 7, 11, 13, 17, 19, 23, 29, 31, 37, 41, 43, 47, 53, 59, 61, 67, 71, 73, 79, 83, 89, and 97. Plus, Gaddy J from the UK is a sap, which is a weird, <laughs> weird drive-by at the end on Gary J. Wow. What is, is sap a positive? That's generally a negative, isn't it? I don't know. Calling someone a sap? Yeah. I'm interested to think if anyone has ever seen those reviews and thought, I'm going to try this podcast or gone, what the heck is this podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode, I think, Dave. Something we I don't think we really talked about is that we're going to be doing some live shows in Brisbane. Yes, together. Next week. Next week, you and I up in Brisbane doing uh, two podcasts and two stand-up shows. So you can see us four times. Yes. So the stand-up shows will probably be quite similar. So just come three times. Yeah, come three times. And the um, so the podcast Dave's doing is Book Cheat, which if you go over and listen now to his episode about The Dangerous Game, you'll know what that's all about if you haven't heard it before. Fantastic and- podcast. Thank you so much. And you'll be my guest on that. So you'll see both of us together and another Brizzy guest. And I'll be doing my new show, Who Knew It With Matt Stewart. And I'm going to make sure, for the true believers, the, my primest of mates, I'll do at least one question that is primates related um, in there. So it's just a fun quiz show. Primates listeners will know it because uh, the live episode with Meso and Cass from a year or so back, as well as the episode released recently with Angus and Emma Holland, uh, that was also the same game show. Uh, both recorded a while ago, so it's been tidied up a little bit. But it, it's a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, if you're in Brisbane, you can come down and see all those shows. You can see us three times on the one day if you want to. That's right. So we are doing the stand-up shows on the 23rd and the 24th at Good Chat Comedy Club at 8.30. So those are the night shows. But on the Saturday afternoon, the 24th, at 3 o'clock, you can see Book Cheat and then straight into... Who knew it with Matt Stewart at 4.30? And then have a little bit of dinner, come back at 8.30 and see us do stand-up. So much fun. What a day that'll be. What a great day. And you can get the tickets, Matt. This is important. You go to dogoonpod.com, our website, and click on live shows. Would love to see you there. It would make my heart swell. (laughs) Oh, it would make my heart explode. Yes. Actually, maybe don't come because I might die. You might die. And maybe we'll have a... uh, Another meeting of Stout Club, which uh, a few years ago when I was in Brisbane, after one of my shows, everyone who hung around, we all just drank Stout together. <laughs> and we <laughs> informally formed a secret club. And I probably shouldn't be saying this out loud. But oh, it's named Stout Club. 
Um, so yeah, Look, actually, forget this. everything I've just said. Okay, great. I won't. I won't. I won't be there. I won't forget. I'll forget. And you can't. You don't have to drink stout to be involved. <laughs> oh, thank goodness, because that's it's a heavy beer for me. Too much. In the Brisbane sun. Um, so Dave, <laughs> where can people find you? They can uh, hear me every couple of weeks on Book Cheat, where I talk about a classic book, including The Most Dangerous Game With You that's out right now, or on our other show, Do Go On Pod. Oh, yeah. Do Go On Pod. What a, what a show. We've had a real hot streak of good apps lately, I reckon. I think it's been, it's been a good year. People have said, like, I reckon most weeks someone has tweeted, or a lot of people have tweeted, depending on the episode, saying, this is your best episode yet, which feels Isn't good it? because I... There are there are some periods where people just talk about really old episodes, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, are we dog shit at this now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't peak six years ago. <laughs> yeah. So that's really good to know. Uh, so yeah, please look up Dave. There'll be some links to find Book Cheat and Dave's Twitter and whatnot. You can find Primates at Primates Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And yeah, I'll link to all that there as well. But yeah, do go on pod.com is the website that sort of brings this whole podcast network together. If you like yeah. this show, you're probably going to like other shows in the network. We've got shows about history, about trivia, about books, about music, and of course, this one about monkeys. The most important one. The ones, most important of them all. Uh, and Dave, uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Our guest always uh, signs off. So thanks for joining us, Dave. And as we always say here at Primates Podcast, see you in Dexter's lab, baby. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.